Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com. That's where you find the podcast, the live stream, links to our social media sites, all the stations and everything else that you can find. Also, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on said stations and translators. Welcome to it. It is the Michael Duke Show. Thank you for coming in and joining us. The Thursday edition, the post-legislative session edition of the program. Uh, Today is the day that we line out everything that went down over the last few hours of yesterday's legislative session and kind of give you the... um, Kind of give you the the bite of what's happening and uh, what uh, what goes on from what goes on from here. Uh, it's um, <laughs> well, anyway, it's just one of those one of those things. What are you what are you gonna do? Um, it uh, uh, but it you know it kind of falls back on what my recommendation was from yesterday, which was we just advocate to get this thing over, get it done, get this year, move on. And now focus all of our attention on moving forward, uh, which would include two things. Uh, one, the possibility of a constitutional convention uh, coming up on this year's ballot. I believe that it is something now that I grudgingly am saying that we need to support because I think it's the only it's the only way that we're going to be able to fix what is fundamentally broken in Juno is with the use of a constitutional convention, even with all its risks and everything else. I mean, again, I am I am still very, very leery of opening up the Constitution of the state of Alaska uh, to special interests and everything else. But I think at this point it is the only thing that's going to, uh, to stop this. Uh, secondly, uh, the other thing we need to focus on is uh, – replacing those in the legislature who have shown time and time again that they do not have the interests of the citizens at heart. Instead, they are focusing on the protectionism of the uh, of the state spend, of the public economy, uh, that the private economy m- m- means nothing to them as long as they protect the public economy. And so those are the two things that I think we need to now start to focus on and um, again, with uh, trepidation, I, uh, I I open up my support for the Constitutional Convention uh, with a reminder that, of course, the citizens of the state still have to vote on any changes that are proposed, et cetera, et cetera. But we've seen in the past what a cheap date Alaska can be. We saw what happened, for example, on ballot measure number two and how we were bamboozled in that uh, in that uh, arena. And uh, in that, uh, you know, it, it just a few million dollars, um, a few million dollars 
you know, was enough to sway many Alaskans. And, you know, again, I've run across people who voted for it, um, uh, just a few. Uh, most of the people that I know voted against it. So that's the first thing that makes me go, hmm. The second thing is, is that the few that voted for it were like, what do you mean it did that? What, what do you mean? What do you mean it did? Well, I thought it was just to keep dark money out. <clears throat> yes, yes. The irony is not lost on me that we use dark money to propagate a propaganda campaign that said that we were eliminating dark money from Alaska. The irony of that is just, it is definitely not lost on me. Um, so we're going to break down what happened here in the legislature in this next hour, and we're going to uh, do it with you. We'll go through all the different uh, machinations and things that are going on. We'll start off here in a minute with that. Uh, coming up in hour two of the program, uh, starting right at the top at 7.05, we are going to be joined by State Senator Mike Shower, who is going to come in for the post-session shower hour of power. And I fully expect this to be an absolute barn burner. Uh, so you may want to uh, you may want to buckle up, sweet lips, because I think things are about to get I think things are about to get real in hour two. I mean, I'm that's my supposition. Now, whether it works out that way or not, whether he he unleashes the beast totally or he's still reserved, I guess we'll still see. But I have a feeling that we will see a lot more discussion <clears throat> in uh, in hour two and a lot more naming of names and everything else than we have seen in the past. That's that's my that's my theory at this point. All right. So you want to know what happened yesterday? You want to know what it looks like? Well, I'll tell you what the final. What the final thing looked like um, yesterday, the final budget passed about 1030 last night and the final budget uh, was put forward and it included in it an amount for a dividend and an energy relief check. The dividend of $2,550 and the energy relief check of $600. And $50 for a total of $3,200 to each and every Alaskan. Now, on the table had been a discussion, uh, an amount of $3,850, but half of that money, half of that last, half of the, of the energy relief check, instead of coming out of the general funds, was slated to instead come out of the uh, Constitutional Budget Reserve. Now, this again was a, this is one of those constant ploys that we keep seeing from uh, Bert Stedman and company in the finance committees and the conference committees where they continue to modify the source of fundings for various things to try and create extra hurdles uh, for, you know, things to, to people to have to jump over and, and hoops that have to be drawn and everything else. And this was another one of those. The three quarters vote that would be required to draw that money out of the CBR passed in the Senate last night uh, with five people voting against it, 15 voting for it. But when it hit the House, it hit a roadblock. The threshold for passage in the House on a three-quarters vote uh, is 30 votes. And instead, what we ended up was with was 29 yeas and 11 nays on that vote. 
And I'm posting up on the uh, posting up on the Facebook page right now a picture of the final vote count on that, and you can look to see exactly who was uh, in favor of Alaskans receiving that full energy relief check. All the no's in red are the people that voted against that final energy relief check. And here's what really blows my mind. I mean, just absolutely, just just mind shattering. To me, of the 11 nays, two of them, specifically Bryce Edgman and Tiffany Zolkowski, come from two of the poorest districts, the you know, most economically challenged districts in the state with people who are living out in the – I mean, there's an article in the ADN today, fuel in the Alaska village of no attack is $16 a gallon. Now, I don't think no attack is in either one of those districts, but the, the point is is that the rural communities are getting eaten alive. Nine, ten, eleven dollars a gallon for fuel. Uh, you know, talking about heating or eating uh, in many of these places, trying to decide how to prioritize. And yet Edgman and Zulkowski couldn't increase that energy relief payment by six hundred and fifty dollars uh, because. So Matt Clayman, Harriet Drummond. Bryce Edgmond, Grier Hopkins, Andy Josephson, Jonathan Christ Tompkins, Daniel Ortiz, Calvin Schrege, uh, Andy Story, Adam Wool, and Tiffany Zulkowski were all the ones, the 11 representatives in the House who voted against the second half of the energy relief payment. I mean, the Stutes, the Thompsons, the Rasmussens, and the uh, the Schneiders and the the Kelly Merricks of the world, uh, uh, the uh, I mean the Hannon Sarah Hannon of all people. I mean every everybody else voted for it, but nope couldn't do it. And in fact, Ryer Hopkins was the final deciding vote. It was twenty nine to ten until he dropped his final vote in the hopper, killing it for killing it. For all of Alaskans. And uh, it is, uh, I mean, it is just an amazing thing. Uh, Where is the, um, I was looking to see because there was a, there was a quote from, um, sorry, there was a quote from uh, uh, Grier Hopkins on this and I can't for the life of me. I even highlighted it and I still can't, I still can't find it. Uh, Okay. Anyway, when I, when I find it here, um, uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, the final vote, Greyer Hopkins, a Fairbanks Democrat, was the last to cast his vote on the draw, ultimately voting against the bill in a move that cut the energy uh, relief amount in half. But it saved the state $240, $240 million, $420 million, rather. He said, it was a hard vote. I think the dividend amount plus the six fifty will help Alaskans, and I think that's important. I don't think any elected officials should make their votes based on re-election. I think they should make it based on what's right for their state and all Alaskans. I mean, not that we haven't you know, protected the state spend at all costs at this point, and that additional $650 million would make a difference one way or the other. Uh, anyway, it's just, I mean, this is the, oof, wow. Oh, man. Uh, So these are the names of the legislators that, uh, you know, if you're in their districts, you're probably going to want to 
you're probably going to want to take a look at these names and decide if these are the people that you want representing you in the House. Now, some people have have decried the whole budget thing, saying, well, you know, but it was so huge and so bloated. We did get the we did get the, uh, uh, you know, the, the 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 dividend, but the budget itself was just so huge <laughs> to which I say, you know what? We are the citizens are owed money. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. The way I didn't write the Constitution, but by God, I'm going to live by it. If that's the way it is, I didn't write it. I didn't necessarily like the quasi-socialistic aspects of it. But by God, if that's what the law says, then that's what we should do. And the citizens of the state, after coming out of a... And we weren't even fully out of the recession before COVID hit. We were just starting to recover. And then we got hit with COVID. And now we've had three years of economic you know, catastrophe attached to COVID. Now is the time to... Uh, you know, now is the time to uh, uh, to 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 throw some of that money into the private economy to get it into people's hands. But you know that this is this is the whole deal right here. Uh, so thirty two hundred dollars is going to be the final amount. Um, there were some interesting comments made during this whole thing. In the end, one of the more interesting comments. And I'm just going to throw this out. Well, no, I'm not going to throw it out there because I've just realized I'm up against the break. So I'm going to come back with one of the most interesting comments that I've heard thus far on the final hours of the um, on the final hours of the session. You're going to want to you're going to want to hear this. Uh, so stick around. Come back and join us. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Uh, and we will talk about some of the comments, including this one from none other than Kelly Merrick. I, I can't wait to hit you with it. We'll be back in a minute. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Mike Shower coming up an hour or two this morning. Make sure you stay tuned for that. We will return with more in just a moment. Back with more right after these messages. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um... Did Kirkman and Eastman vote yes on the budget? Uh, they both they both voted for the um, they both voted for the uh, uh, vote from the CBR, but in the end, Kirka voted no on the budget. And there's a quote from Kirka on that uh, in the uh, uh, there's a there's a quote from Kirka on that, which I will pull up here in just a hot second. Oops, there it was. Um, Wasilla Republican Chris Kirka, says uh, KTUU, who's also running for governor, voted no in the House, calling it a giant budget, quote. He also opposed how negotiations led to Medicaid funding for abortions being restored unless the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. 
So that was his reasoning for voting against the budget overall. Laura Reinbold, also who supported the full PFD and voted yes on everything else, ended up voting against the full budget on Wednesday after the dividend had been cut. She called the budget bloated with spending on state services. Um, $5. Oh, yeah, $5 a gallon gasoline. Oh, yeah, no, I filled up yesterday. Um, and since uh, I got I have to I have to put Supreme in my car. Um, five dollars and sixty nine cents a gallon for fuel yesterday for me. Five sixty nine. I mean, it's a good thing I get thirty seven miles to the gallon. Is all I can say. Five sixty nine a gallon. <laughs> Um, just read yesterday that one of JP Morgan's market consultants is saying he sees gasoline at $6 an average across the country by August. I mean, I'm not surprised. It's already $5 plus here in the state of Alaska, $6 and I'm paying $5.69. Not $6 is not that far away. Yeah. $5.69 here in the, yeah, in the Valley. Yes, Dwayne. Um, I think that regular was five twenty nine, if I'm not mistaken. Regular was five twenty nine. The medium was five forty nine, and the and the supreme, the ninety, uh, the ninety octane stuff was uh, five sixty nine a gallon. Fifty seven dollars for my nine point six gallons. Um. Hopkins' wife is a state attorney and received a raise, and he's going to get beat and will not be back, so he had nothing to lose. Uh, we need to get a refinery going. Trump wasn't wrong about energy independence. We should take that to heart. We had two refineries here in the state, but the maintenance costs and everything else, it was I mean, it was, it was pain. And the problem is, of course, is that they run the refineries. It doesn't really give us much of a break because all they do is sell everything for one cent less than it would cost to ship it up from Cherry Creek, Washington. That's all they ever did. It was never anything. I mean, that's, you know, that's capitalism right there in a nutshell. It wasn't like they were giving you the, the best deal that you could get. It would be a, a point or two below what, they, what it would cost to ship it in. Uh, after the conference committee, the operating budget went up 1% compared to the Senate version. The capital budget went up half a percent, and the supplemental went up a tenth of a percent. The dividend was the only cut out of the conference committee. That's all they did was cut the dividend. Everything else, blah, blah the same. In fact, it actually went up. Um, at this point, they have surpassed my language level. All the dirty words I know can't be going low enough to describe these folks. They have spent like teenagers trying to impress their crush. They are insane. You know who got their diving boards? Um, Senator Svedman sent out a survey with one question to 80% of Alaskans. Was it good for you, too? Yes or no? <laughs> Grier Hopkins has a challenger. Yeah, he does. I heard that. Uh, how do special interests have such a hold on them that they'll vote no for relief when we people not only deserve but desperately need? I mean, a $5 a gallon is hard enough, but freaking 16 and you still vote no? Yeah. There was all kinds of at-eases and everything else. That was another thing Michael Chambers just mentioned. There's a whole bunch of backroom deals. We're going to talk about that, too, because apparently – and that uh, was in full force yesterday. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that as well. All right, uh, we're coming into it here. Um, 
the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Hit the subscribe button. Let's go. Um, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. So I'm just throwing. Uh, I was just throwing the 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 vote board up there one more time for people in the chat room to see all the people that voted no against you having a full energy relief check. Um, I mean, good news is we're going to be able to put away you know a billion dollars in savings into the. Not the Constitutional Budget Reserve, which, by the way, is still owed a bunch of money, but to the SBR because, you know, that one doesn't require a three-quarters volt threshold to uh, to take money out of it. I mean, isn't it interesting to you that the whole argument here was that we were going to have to, that, you know, we were spending too much. We weren't going to be able to put enough into savings. Senator Rob Myers posts in the chat room says, after the conference committee was done, the operating budget went up 1% compared to the Senate version that they were trying to concur with. The capital budget went up a half a percent, and the supplemental budget went up one-tenth of a percent. So everything went up. The dividend was the only cut out of the conference committee. The good news is, well, we're going to be able to put away 800. If the oil prices hold, we're going to be able to put away $800 million into the SBR, the statutory budget reserve. And now wait, wait, wait a second. We're mandated by the Constitution to put money back into the CBR. We owe that one like $8 billion. But instead, you're directing it into the SBR. Why? Well, because to draw money back out of the CBR, you've got to have a three-quarters vote, and that's too hard. So we'll make sure that we put it in the – so we'll make sure that we, we put it in the, uh, into the, uh, the SBR. Even though we, by Constitution, owe money to the CBR – and any excesses should go in. No, we're going to. But there were some comments that, dude, dude. I mean, I, I just was reading some of these comments. And this is the first one here in the uh, Anchorage Daily News. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, they, there's some, there's some great comments in here. But the one here from Kelly Merrick is the one that I was teasing right before we went to break. And I've got to, I mean, I, first of all, just the tone deafness of everything here. I mean, at some point, you just got to look at somebody and go, really? I mean, you just, you said that? You just said that? So Kelly Merrick, it says, uh, let's see, um, this all this stuff, the rejection of the Senate's plan led to the formation of a conference committee made up of Senate and House members tasked with finding a middle ground. Okay, so finding a middle ground, that is an interesting commentary based on what I just told you from Rob Myers, you know, that they couldn't agree on what was going on, so they created the conference committee to find the middle ground. Well, apparently the middle ground is adding more money to the government spend and cutting nothing but the permanent fund dividend for the people. Good to know. Good to know. Anyway, here is the comment. We were tasked with completing two weeks' worth of work and negotiations in three days. But when you put a woman in charge, it gets done, said Rep. Kelly Merrick. 
the Eagle River Republican who helped lead the conference committee negotiations. First and foremost, um, how absolutely patronizing, condescending, and sexist. Could you imagine if Mike Shower had come out with a comment on a committee that he was doing, then they said, hey, we, we completed two works worth of work in three days, but when you put a man in charge, it gets done. You imagined the blowback on something like that? If you put a man in charge, it gets done. You know? Or just, again, play the substitution game with anything you want in there. When you, put a, when you put a person of color in there, it gets done. When you put a white person in there, it gets done. When you put a man or you put an old person in there, it gets When you put it, I mean, the most condescending, patronizing thing. Well, you put a woman in there, it gets done. <laughs> what? I mean, did you just really say that? I mean, did you just, did you just really just say that? But, I mean, hey, you know. She's in charge, so I guess that's that's what it takes to get it done. And if by get it done you mean increasing the government spend and decreasing the amount of money that the people are owed via the law, and and then yes, you you got it done. You got it done. Um, I don't know if all women should be ashamed of you that you got it done or what. <sighs> anyway, that was that was the first. So when it was all said, when everything was all finished, instead of the current plan, or instead of what they had talked about with the Senate plan, which would have taken most of the forward funding out and everything else, the current plan leaves around $700 million in forward funding for K-12 education next year, because we couldn't possibly fight it out next year about this stuff. And it puts that $800 million in the statutory budget reserve account at the end of the next fiscal year if oil prices remain, you know, near the $100 per barrel mark. Um, so, oh, my God. Um, Senator Reinbold <clears throat> opposed the plan overall. Her quote was, the biggest threat to the permanent fund dividend has always been and will always be big, bloated, Government. She's a staunch supporter of the full statutory dividend. She said she'd hope to see less spending on state services and capital projects, but that obviously uh, didn't happen. Mike Shower, who's going to be joining us in the next hour, said, I can't say no at this point. Standing on my principles for what? This is life-saving for some people, this amount of money. We already covered the Grier Hopkins comment. Uh, among the five opponents of the draw in the Senate... Uh, there was five people who voted against the draw for the uh, uh, from the CBR. Was Lyman Hoffman, a Bethel Democrat? He said he wants smaller energy relief checks this year to ensure that the dividend amount next year would not drop significantly. Which I thought was an interesting argument. I mean, I don't agree with it, but it was a thought-provoking argument to say the least. He said, I wanted to save that money for next year so we can start to level out and try and make it possible to spend a dividend on a 50-50 basis next year. First of all, spend a dividend. That The language on that is just weird. He said it's either feast or famine and we need to stabilize the dividend. So he wanted a smaller energy relief check this year when gas prices are already in the 10, 12, up to $16 ranges in the villages. Um, he, but, but that way we could save it for next year. 
you, you realize that the fund refills every year, right? That the earnings keep going. I mean, I'm just I'm asking for a friend. Um, some of the language in the uh, in the uh, article uh, also makes me uh, scratch my head. It's talking about Bert Stedman. He said giving out a high high payment without a permanent solution uh, would make it difficult to resolve the conflict in the coming year. An effort by the Senate to change the statute this year failed amid high earnings that translated to a proposed dividend three times higher than the one paid out last year. I love how they use those, you know, three times higher than, oh, you mean the one that follows the statute? What you should have said is that proposed a statutory dividend, which had been cut by two-thirds last year. Uh, Stedman went on to talk about how, well, if it wasn't an election year, you wouldn't see a dip. No, I'm sorry. Let me do this right. The walrus. If it wasn't an election year, you wouldn't see the dividend size that it is. There's a lot of folks in the building who feel their chances of re-election are a lot higher if the treasury is a lot lower and the dividend higher. Says the man who never has to worry, apparently, about re-election because he's always going to get re-elected because he gets his people exactly what they want. If it wasn't an election year. Um, anyway, uh, there was uh, there was some uh, there was some words of some uh, of some arm twisting going on. Members of the House Majority Caucus said on Wednesday that Louise Stutes told them that Dunleavy had threatened to veto capital projects in the districts of House members who voted against the draw. Well, good. It's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. Right. I mean, Bert Stedman did the same thing. You don't vote for the thing. We'll cut the we'll cut the KGB, the Knick Goose Bay Road uh, funding. I mean, the most dangerous road in Alaska. Project's been underway for 15 years trying to widen this road. Monies and everything else were in place. But if you didn't do things his way, he was going to defund it. Well, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Suck it up, buttercup. Here it comes. All right. Um, I'm going to go over to the phones. I'm going to open up the phone lines and take your calls on uh, your thoughts on this as well. There was some other arm twisting going on. Natasha was out there doing her thing in force. Uh, we could talk about that, but let's go to the phones first and see what, uh, you guys have to say. 433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? From Homer. Hey Jeff, what's up? This, this whole BFD thing is just, just amazing as you said, but you know, uh, it's almost time to start a referendum on them just make them do it and if they don't do it they go to jail or something i don't know that's the only way you're ever going to get them fixed you know because if it's totally legal or illegal to, to do this then how do they get away with it what is the ramifications of that what can we do to them can we recall them get them out of office for it what's what's the uh what's the deal what what there's no sense of it being illegal if there's nothing we can do to them, because that's where we stand, you know. So I'd like to have people call up and say, what, what, what can we do to them? What can we do to them? Well, I mean, I think the, the biggest obvious thing is right now, Jeff, you could vote them out of office. Now, people like Louise Stutes and Gary Stevens and Bert Stedman, they seem to have a baked-in constituency who are just happy and peachy and fine with what their people are doing. So they may go back again and again, which means that you've got to continue to change out the rest of the legislature around them so that they cannot be voted into positions of power. That's the next solution. Well, that's that's obvious. But, I mean, you know, all 
every time every time this comes up, it, it's talked about that it's it's illegal to do. They're supposed to do this. It's it's mandated that they have to do this. And then what is the ramifications of that? Why why don't they lose their committee powers or or all of that stuff? If they don't vote for this, all the stuff that's supposed to be voted on, you know, to put it into play so that the PFD's paid, then lose all of their committee powers, all of them, anybody. Yeah. That would be one that I would start with. And then they can't go back and threaten anybody because that's a mob mentality. That needs to stop. That binding caucus is nothing but a mob mentality, and they need to stop them one way or another. And I say we run a referendum that if they don't vote for the constitutional things, they lose all committee powers, period. Make, make them take that rule and swallow it and see what they like. Yeah. You know, because cause it's, it's, it's time to get rough with them because they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you know. And, and – the needs of the many, you know, doesn't doesn't go with the needs of the few. And this Bert Stedman and those guys, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're nothing but terrorists. Terrorists at the at the helm. You well, know? you know, we, we need to do something to them to make them accountable. Well, here's the thing: if we do if we do open up the Constitution with a con con, there will be possibilities to put some teeth into the Constitution to force legislators to follow the law, whether it's statutory or constitutional. And if they don't want to follow the statutory law, then they, they must change it. Either they change it or they follow it, one of the two. They have the ability to do yep. one or the other, uh, but they need to do it. And uh, there should be there should be uh, uh, teeth in that, and we'll have the opportunity when the Constitutional Convention happens to hold legislators accountable for their actions. And if they are breaking the law, if they're not following the Constitution, if they're not following statute, then there should be some kind of you know punitive measures in there. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, you know, I would be good with it. if they don't follow the law, they lose all of their committee status. Nobody gets to vote. Next. They're out of the committees. They have yeah. no committee. All they have is the vote. Well, well that's a vote for things, and that's it. That'll be a little harder because that's a change to the uniform rules, which, of course, the whole legislature has to vote on. And since they hold all the power there, mm-hmm. that'd be like the lunatics, you know, voting themselves into the asylum. I don't think it'll I don't think it'll happen. But it is an idea. I think I think between the two of them, we could make those changes. Um, all right. Well, thank you, yeah, Jeff. I do too. Thank you for thank you for calling in today. I appreciate it. Uh, we got to go. We're up against the break. Uh, we got one final segment here, and I'm going to leave the phone lines wide open for the next segment. You call up and give me your thoughts on this. I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm relieved. I, you know, I'm not happy that we didn't get the full energy relief check, um, but I'm happy that we got at least the the half, the five, you know, the 50-50 PFD and some energy relief. I think it sets a good precedent for starting next year again. Um, and I'm happy that we can now focus on the solution down the road here. That's that's what I'm excited about. And I'm hoping that uh, we can now laser focus in on what needs to change. So we'll uh, continue that. You tell me your thoughts on this at 433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free, free thinking radio. Some people said I I would call in, but I can't not swear. Uh, It is. Let's not swear. Let's not do that. I understand the frustration, but uh, also I'm happy to see that my eyes are open at this point. All right. We're going to move forward here in just a moment, and we'll take more of your calls. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, I think you're probably the only Alaskan excited here just saying, I'm, I mean, I'm not excited. I'm just, I mean, I knew we were going to get screwed, right? I mean, it, this was a foregone conclusion with the leadership, with the things that have happened over the last four months and watching it all. I knew we were going to get screwed. I'm just happy that we got less screwed than I anticipated. But now we can also, it's almost like a, okay, that part's over. Now we can face the next part. That's what it comes down to. That's where I'm at. I'm not excited. I'm not happy. I am, it's almost like a relief. I knew we were going to get skirt, you know, you know, bend over. Here it comes. I mean, I knew we were going to get that, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I expected to be. Um, And so now I feel like, okay, now we can... Now we can, uh, 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 you know, focus on the important part on the other side. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at uh, this is a link that uh, Brian just sent me. Okay. Uh, thank you, Brian. I'll I'll watch that. Uh, oh, is this the new? Uh, this is the new Spike Cohen thing. Okay. I'll watch that. Uh, I'll watch that later today. Okay. Let me scroll backwards here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my store. Sorry, not fixing your heater, lawn, etc. Tuckerman is posted his stuff. He's he's doing his part to help with the changes. Um, you found a few words. I can't put ones together to express. We're all on the same page here. That helps for sure. I mean that that is a hundred percent right. And you could see that uh, some of these people are not expecting to go back. Um, um, Von Imhoff definitely not expected to go back. She's running around, uh, the, all day yesterday trying to convince people that, you know, she's gonna, that she's gonna, uh, they, they need to follow, they need to do what she says. Again, uh, the greed and the entitlement. Um, it's funny, also maddening because exactly how he thinks he doesn't care. Oh, we were talking about, okay. Um, at least she knows what I'm talking about Kelly Merrick. At least she knows what a woman is. <laughs> Let's give her a break from being in the legislature forever. I, you know, that's it. I don't think Kelly Merrick is going back. I'll be honest with you. I mean, she, her district is, you know, I, I, I think she's done at this point. So she's just making as big a mess as she can before she leaves. We're going to come back as a full Republican majority. The money the Dems took is still there, so we'll be able to get it back into the hands of Alaskan of rightful owners, Alaskans, said Ron. Uh, you know what, Ron? I hope you're right. I hope the Republicans do take the majority. But I, also, I hope that they also remember this, because it was in a Republican-controlled legislature that we saw a lot of this spending explode. We saw the Burt Stedmans of the world and the Gary Stevenses of the world and the John Coghills and the Pete Kellys of the world take the take the reins of this thing and just open the floodgates of government spending under Republicans. So remember, it's not just the D's versus the R's. It is the 
Uh, it is the pro-government spend versus the anti-government. It is the big government Republicans versus the smaller government Republicans. That's what we need to be paying attention to. Now we could focus on listening to Kathy Geisel arguing against the con-con and supporting former Governor Walker. Bill, Kathy Geisel and John Coghill are both anti-constitutional convention. They've both been out there already arguing for it. As I said yesterday, uh, I heard through the grapevine uh, in my media world, because I work in the world of media and advertising, that there's a proposal floating around out there for the anti-con-con group. They're looking for a $100,000 proposal to blitz the airwaves. They've already got money behind them. Why? Because the top 20%, oh man, they don't want, man, they definitely don't want the Constitution open. They don't want that to happen at all. Um, going down here through some of these uh, things. Question, will the ranked choice system be used to vote on the CONCON? No, the Constitutional con uh, Convention is a yes or no question. It has nothing to do with ranked choice voting or the jungle primary. Uh, ballot questions like that do not fall under the ranked choice component. Um, I'm, I'm still scrolling, still scrolling, still scrolling. Uh, everyone should ask the governor and ask him to gut the budget, especially capital projects in the criminal districts. I mean, I think the governor should be taking the red pen to a lot of stuff in the budget. I mean, again, the conference committee came back and increased the capital budget and the other, but I mean, and the, I mean, they increased it <laughs> and they only cut the dividend. All right, we're 30 seconds out. Let's get this caller. we got a caller up here. Get their name. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, it's Ray North Pole. All right, Ray, hold the line here, my friend. You're going to be uh, – we're going to be right back to you. Ray in North Pole is up next. The Michael Duke Show. Do me a favor. Um, 50, 60 people in the chat room, please share, like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things, the things and the stuff. Like and share. Here we go. Getting back into it. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, welcome back to the program. Continuing now with some phone calls. One final segment. Mike Shower is going to be joining us at the top of the hour. That should be fun and exciting. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the phones, though, and see what uh, you guys have to say. The phone lines are now open. Uh, you've heard what I've talked about here the last uh, 45 minutes or so. You know that the legislature has made its decision. They've closed out. The governor's not calling a special session. He's reviewing the budget right now. The dividend and the energy relief payments now total $3,200 for every Alaskan. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that and on the budget and more? Ray is in North Pole. He's called in this morning. We'll start off with him. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. What's yeah, on your mind? We want seventy uh, percent of Alaska wants a statutory permanent fund put in the Constitution. Also, anybody that makes under four hundred thousand a year should get a tax exempt card. No income tax, no sales taxes, no property taxes. Cut government. And uh, last but not least, any oil products produced in Alaska, Alaskans 
should only have to pay a dollar a gallon for any liquid products. And that's what I think should go in the Constitution. And hang these uh, these legislators that break the law. They ought to go into jail 20 years minimum. <laughs> that's all I got. Bye. Well, okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Ray. Uh, let me comment on a couple other things. Um, the uh, in-state use of fuel oil for Alaska residents, uh, you know, or, or refined petroleum products, I'd love to see some kind of break on that. I'd love to see because that's just a fraction of uh, the usage for petroleum products in the state. The, the in-state use is, is fractional. I'd love to see some kind of break as owners to be able to get some kind of break. I don't think a dollar a gallon would cut it because there are fixed costs associated with that. But I would love to see some kind of break. I think that's a great idea. The idea that uh, anybody who makes $400,000 or less should be tax exempt, um, I, I disagree with that. Uh, I mean, if we're going to have a government and it's going to be equitable, then everybody ought to have their everybody ought to have their their dog in the fight. Uh, we can't just I mean, like right now, middle and lower income Alaskans are paying most of the kick on this. The 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 upper, you know, twenty percent are getting a you know nearly a free ride. So, but we, so we shouldn't turn the boat the other direction and make just everybody who's rich pay for it. It should be equitable across the board. Um, now, whether what form that would take, whether that is a tax or something else, I don't know. But I think that there should be some equitability in it um, when it's all said and done. Um, and so you can't just, you know, you know, now property taxes, I've got a special little burr under my saddle about property taxes. Um, I think that they're, well, I personally think that they're immoral. Uh, uh, I just think that it is something that, you know, when you own something, when you buy something and pay for something, you shouldn't be penalized for improving it. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be held at hostage in perpetuity by local governments on that kind of stuff. It just, it really irritates me. Um, it is, uh, you know, the, the idea of property taxes, you know, when property taxes started out, it was not, you weren't being taxed on the property nor the value of the property. You were being taxed on what the property produced in improvements. Now, whether that was in lumber or whether it was in crops or anything else, that's what you were taxed on. You weren't taxed on the, on the actual value of the land. Uh, overall. And that's been perverted over the course of years. And now it's kind of, it's common practice. So, I mean, I don't think we'll ever break those shackles, but it does really irritate me that those continue to go on. But it is a huge, huge impingement on uh, liberty and freedom to have your property. I mean, you could own a property free and clear, have owned it for years. Your parents could have paid it off and it could have been in the family for, for three generations. And you run into some kind of hardship and the government can swoop in and take it all away from you because you didn't pay your kick to the king on something like that. And I just, I just, again, I find that immoral. That's just immoral. That's, that's what I say overall. Um, anyway, uh, so, but Ray, I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, I like where your head is going. I just think some of that stuff needs to be thought of a little bit more. Um, all right. Uh, uh, four uh, four three three thirty one fifty four three 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 one five zero is the uh, phone number. I would love to hear what you guys have to uh, uh, what you guys have to say here in the last few minutes of the show as we continue to do uh, uh, you know to go over what took place here in the last moments. Um, apart from the cash payment uh, for the dividends. The budget has some other big ticket items in it. And again, uh, Rob uh, Myers, uh, Senator Myers was in the chat room earlier 
and he said after he's analyzed the budgets and everything else, he took a look at what was proposed on the floor, what the House was voting to concur on, uh, the difference between that proposal and what the conference committee came out with, and essentially said, well, the the operating budget went up by 1%, the capital budget went up by half a percent, the supplemental budget went up by one-tenth of a percent. So the only thing that got cut in the conference committee, essentially, was the PFD. So, I mean, so much for being fiscally fiscal stewards. But here are some of the other things that came up. Uh, almost $400 million would be appropriated to help the Port of Alaska and to expand the Port of Nome. I think it's 100 and 300 100 going to the Port of Alaska, 300 going to the Port of Nome, if I remember correctly. Uh, it includes a maximum of $349 million to pay oil and gas tax credits, so now we're forward funding that. There, there could be $2 billion in state savings accounts if the oil prices stay high. Hundreds of millions is set to be deposited into the constitutionally protected part of the permanent fund, the corpus. $300 million would go out to local governments to help pay for old school construction costs. This has been vetoed by multiple governors, and I hope the governor vetoes it again. $300 million. $359 million was set aside to recapitalize the state's college scholarship fund. And nearly $60 million, $57 million per student, and a one-time and $2 million into pre-kindergarten grants, so $59 million would be added to the school funding. All of these things are up for slashing by the governor's pen. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. All right, hey, we got wow, we got I just looked up three lines on hold. Let's go over here real quick and see if we can get through these phone calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Mark and care of the Alaska Freedom Council from the Subarctic Interior. How are you this morning? Good, Mark. What's up? Well, uh, I've been listening to the program and it sounds like the reptilians are going wild down in Juneau. Uh you know, people are not aware that the state of Alaska has initiated plans behind everybody's back again to impose uh, vaccination cards for travel and for a number of other activities to constrict Alaska's liberty and Alaska's freedom. And uh, also the state, through the Department of Health, is pushing uh, these uh, poisonous uh, uh, viper shots on Alaskans, pretending that they're okay, pretending that they're just normal vaccines. Well, I haven't heard anything about the vaccine cards. I know they're still talking about, they're still encouraging people to get the vaccine. I don't know anything about the vaccine cards. I'll have to look into that further, Mark. Thank you for your call. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Ken from North Pole. Hello, Ken. Hey, um, I'm just wondering why the governor has been so silent through all of this. I mean, <laughs> isn't it kind of his job? Isn't he supposed to provide a little leadership? Oh, that's, I mean, that's a million-dollar question, uh, Ken. I mean, really, I've been saying the same thing. Why aren't you out there beating the drum? Why aren't you out there rallying the base and the troops and getting people involved? Why aren't you showing your leadership on this thing? Why aren't? I mean, I don't know. I, I agree, Ken. I think it's the, it's the million-dollar question. Yeah, I mean, uh, he brags about standing tall for Alaskans, but other than a lot of tall talk, 
I haven't really seen a lot out of this governor. Yeah. No, it's been very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. I agree uh, as well, Ken. Um, hey, thanks for your call. I'm sorry to cut you short, but I got one more call that I'm going to try and sneak in here. Good morning. Who's this? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, quickly. I got less than 60 seconds. Okay. I just think you were right when you pointed out that the CBR is supposed to be paid back. The way I look at it is the CBR did a noble and heroic job of bailing us out starting in 2015 when we had the billion-dollar deficits. Now it's like lying on the side of the road, exhausted and depleted. And then we want to come by and instead of nursing it back to health and replenishing it, we want to kick it in the gut and suck more money out to, to pay more free money out to people. And uh, it's nice to get free money, but um, I don't think we, we're – are we supposed to pay it back or not supposed to pay it back? Well, that's the thing. We're supposed to have, we're supposed to have uh, 20 mil, uh, $10 billion in there, and we've got $1.4 billion right now. Uh, all this money they want to put in the CBR. Anyway, got to go. All the money they want to put into the SBR, which it doesn't doesn't even it should go into the CBR, but they don't want to put it there because then it puts it that much further out of reach for them. It puts it that much further out of reach. I mean, Randy's right. The money should go into the CBR. Any excesses should go into the CBR because per the Constitution, that money is owed. And they're not doing it. They're they're talking, oh no, we'll put it in the SBR. Oh, we'll put money into the corpus of the permanent fund. Okay, well that's great. You still owe not, uh, you know almost nine billion dollars to the CBR. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. All right. Without reforms to the spending formulas, Alaska will remain the most dangerous state, the lowest performing schools, and no infrastructure for private development. You're 100 percent right. I mean, we've got to reform the formulas. Any kind of formula. I mean, every. Every dollar, every department, every program in the state should fight on equal footing. No program should have some kind of automatic escalator that means they get more money every year without having to justify what they're doing. Especially a program like education, where they have continually, continually delivered an inferior product to the state of Alaska, to the citizens. And I'm talking about education, scholastic, you know, scholastic achievement, aptitudes and things like that. That's exactly what it is. So-called Republicans who are for bigger government are not true Republicans, says Michael. I mean, you and I can agree on that, Michael. The problem is, is that the Republican Party has still allowed them to run under that banner. Again, I, I will lay a lot of the problems over the last 15 to 20 years directly at the feet of the statewide Republican Party. They have allowed people to run under the banner of Republicanism who are not small government, fiscal conservatives, keep government out of our lives kind of people, which is traditionally what you think of when you think of Republicans. They are the, they are the, uh, you know, the Burt Stedmans and the Natasha Von Imhoffs and the John Coghills of the world who want to take those money and spend them on government services and believe that they somehow know better than you how to spend your money. That's what it's about. Um, ranked choice voting has been analyzed to create candidates who take the milk toast line so they can pick up the second choice. Dunleavy is playing this card exactly. That, that This is why he is moderate on everything. Well, I mean, he, uh, he, he best step up to the plate. That's all I can say. If he expects to get reelected, something better. And you know what? He's supposed to announce his, he's supposed to announce his running mate this week, right? The end of this week. 
and he's the only one that hadn't announced his running mate uh, with a deadline coming up. And I think that's because his running mate is a member of the legislature and they couldn't campaign until after the session was over. Because by law, if you're in session, a legislator can't campaign for a statewide office. Uh, so uh, who is not running for re-election right now? Well, Natasha's not running. Um, and um, I haven't seen if Bachiki is uh, filed yet or not. Uh, some of the uh, some of the couple of the Democrats aren't running again. But the bottom line is is that uh, the governor is about to pick somebody out of the legislature to be their uh, running mate. Uh, there's been rumors that it may have been Mia Costello, uh, but then I heard that she denied that. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, who does who would the governor pick out of the legislature as a running mate that would that would appease the base who's so disenfranchised and so frustrated with his lack of action, his inaction. Who would it be? I have no idea. No idea at this point. No one wants to run with him. Watch him pick Stutes. Well, I mean, sure, I guess if you want to lose. Would it be Shelley Hughes? They're both from the Valley. I don't think it would be a Valley... I don't think it would be a Valley legislator. It would have to be a legislator from um, probably the interior or maybe down on the peninsula. I just I just don't know at this point. I don't know. I mean, I, if I was a legislator, I don't know if I'd want to hitch my wagon to that star right now. If I was a legislator, I I just I'm not sure. Because I think that he has he has he has enough self-inflicted wounds from this last term that um, I mean I I just I don't just don't think um, I just don't think that that would happen. I would I would be very reticent to want to, to hitch my wagon to that train. That's what I'm saying. How about Dina Bishop? I I, I again I. No, I mean, I just don't think so. First of all, I mean, I don't know. No, I just, I don't see that. But maybe. I mean, he's made some foolish moves before. Making Ben Stevens as chief of staff was one of the largest problems that I ever saw. Firing Donna Ardwin was one of the other ones. Um, All right. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to uh, get uh, trying to get him uh, get Mike Shower on board here. He's going to be joining us here in a hot second. Um, Michael Dukes, Jesus, <laughs> seriously, really? Um, no, thank you. I ate a bar of soap earlier. I'm full. Um, all right, uh, let's. Uh, that's two of his biggest mistakes. Um, and zinc, yeah. Oh God, and zinc. Yeah, but again, why would he wait until after? Why would specifically they've announced that he's going to make the announcement? It it in my mind, it has to be a legislator. It has to be a legislator. I mean, the timing is just too specific. You know who else? But again, what legislator in their right mind right now, especially a conservative smaller government one, would want to hook their hook their wagon to that star? But we'll see. We'll see what the governor, again, should be later this week. We're supposed to hear what's going on. All right, we're up against it. We got to go. Mike Showers on the line. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let's do this thing.
Get ready. Buckle up, sweetheart. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Mr. President, what does a fistful of cash get you if you are sitting on the tundra wishing someone would come pick you up? (laughs) Hi, good morning. Welcome to it. Hour two of the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the world at MichaelDukeShow.com and uh, uh, on the interwebs. And, of course, also across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator Hi, how are you? Um, we are into hour two of the uh, uh, of the uh, of the big radio program, and that means uh, for today we're bringing on our guest, the one, the only State Senator Mike Shower, who uh, is going to, I guess, let his hair down a little bit now that the session's over. We get a chance to maybe hear some hard truths. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm hopeful, but we'll see what happens. State Senator Mike Shower joins us right now. Good morning, my friend. How? Are you? I am tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say say that again. I had you. I had you muted for me. What did you say? I said I am tired. You're tired. You is tired. You is tired. Okay, I got that. I got that. Um, uh, and 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 uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, your uh, your efforts on all this stuff. So, Mike, uh, here we are. Um, what good is a fistful of cash going to do you out there in the world? Um, I guess, I guess I'll just, we'll just start it. What, what, what do you think from yesterday? What, what, what was your take of everything that's going on? I will tell you, remember I predicted that the way the budget was set up from the conference committee, that what was going to happen was they were going to find a way, something, anything to bring the dividend down from statutory. Now, the, remember the 5500 amount, which I was, you said before, I was kind of shocked and <clears throat> happily shocked right. that it ended up there because I thought, well, you know, I had, you know, I'm the one that kind of maneuvered, had the amendment for the full statutory PFD. And when Wilson put in the one for the energy relief, I was like, huh, you know, that passed first. I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, it won't last somehow. <laughs> and uh, but I said, I put the other one, they both passed. I'm like, huh, well, that's because you know, one person was missing that day. If that person had been there, it would have been a ten ten. That wouldn't have happened either. Right. But they passed, and so then, of course, um, House doesn't concur on Saturday. Right. Which 
we knew, yeah, we've talked about that already. And that was just a, you know, <laughs> you just got to shake your head. You know, you're like, how did you not concur with that? We gave you everything. I know the budget was big. Everybody knows that. And we're talking the three combined because that was a, that's one of those old tactics, right? You want to make it hard on legislators to vote harder, mm-hmm. right? You put all the budgets together because right. then it's a supplemental and operating in a capital. And so, you know, maybe I like capital because it was really big this year, but we're a decade behind because for the first time in a while, we had enough money that we could put some significant funding towards, you know, roads, bridges, ports, airports, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to do that. Right. Right. So the, the cuts from years ago were mostly to the capital budget. And of course that's a, you know, if you're really going to cut government, you cut the operating, right? People and programs, you don't cut one time expense each year of capital because capitals, those things are important, you know, for what you have. So put them all together. What does that do? That means that, oh, well, you got to up or down everything, right? You get one chance, one vote. You don't get to argue each one separate. The supplemental was huge. It was, well, I think yeah, it, the supplemental is what, $1.4 billion or something by the time it was all said and done? I don't remember the exact amount. I thought he said 775 or something like that, but it's still not small. And most of them I've seen, you know, have been somewhere around like 160 or, you know, maybe 300 million yeah. or something. But um, this was really big and it's got all kinds of stuff. It had stuff for almost every agency in it. It wasn't like, you know, oh, you had a bunch of forest fires, so we had to spend an extra hundred million on, you know, firefighting stuff or something, you know, or a flood or whatever. It wasn't, wasn't that. It was stuff. And, uh, you know, so supplemental was big, which we had never even really hardly talked about. Uh, capital is big, but we know why. And I do believe that one was something we should have done while we have money. You spend money when, you know, because this is the, oh, we're spending all this money. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just because we have one. No, wrong. I said, if you have money and you need to spend it on things like this, then you spend it. If you have money and don't need to spend it, or you're bridging, you know, you're building bridges and nowhere, then no, you don't spend it. You save it. But we have money and we have a need for things right now, so I don't see a problem with using that money while you have it. Right? It's like if you get right. that fistful of cash and you need something, it's okay to spend it. If you don't need it, perhaps you should put some aside for later. Right? And that's okay. But there are things we need. Now, the operating budget again was growing too large we know that about the same size as the 2016 budget but i think it was brief like i said like eight eight and a half percent growth on it something like that depending on the agency so that was too big but i have to rely on the governor to trim some of that because there's right no way well and it's not like it's not like you guys didn't attempt to make those cuts in the senate i mean you guys had a bunch of attempts to cut huge chunks out of the budget Mike, I had over one point three billion. If you want to get right down to it, right. I, had 104, I had about one hundred forty million of just straight cuts, and one point two billion for the forward funding education. Right, every single one of them voted down. Exactly, and so it's not like you know you guys didn't fight your fight to get that money out. But if the money was going to be spent anyway, you could at least spend it to benefit the private economy. That was the whole argument here, and to follow the law, be able to follow the law. Yep. So we had the, you know, that amendment passed, and we had fifty five hundred in there. And I was, I did not hang my hat on the fact that fifty five hundred would survive. I figured some portion of that would come down. I even said it on the floor, you know. And, and I had one uh, Democrat that's been fighting for this for a long time say, "Well, you know, you set the bar so high that you know we kind of otherwise we'd be talking about a 
you know, a, a $2,000 or a $2,400 PFD because when you set it at 5,500, you know, and then the people got pretty fired up about it. It's like, there really isn't no choice. Now we're discussing, you know, like a $4,000 PFD or something, you know, ballpark is right. Right. So, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, right. So right. the negotiations through last week. So to me, here's the thing, bottom line, the budget operating too big. Hope the governor's going to do some cuts, which I think he would have makes do whatever capital needed bigger, right? Big PFD supplemental. Got it. Um, there's a lot of your growth, right? And I think you said it was $17.4 billion, totally talked about last night, but here's some of the things that set it off, right? Like $4.5 of federal stuff coming in, right? Billions and billions, and there's probably really more than that because of COVID-19 and all that. It was three point. It, it was. It was down because, of course, they trimmed the budget, you know, by taking out at this point uh, better part of $2 billion away, right, from people, again, thank you, certain people that voted against it, plus the, you know, House last night and the Democrats. And so there, you add that to the capital. The capital was about 3.2 or 3.5, plus what was going to be about 3.5 on the dividend, plus the federal money. So right there is almost $10 billion, right? Right. Actually, it's more than $10 billion. So those numbers seem big when you combine it together, and it is a big number, right? But when you add those other things that happen, a lot of this is one time. It's not normal with the federal money uh, plus the capital. So right. that was part of, you know, I got lambasted again, made to look like an idiot by the ADN standard. You know, can't put their cocktail glasses down long enough <laughs> to tell the truth. I actually lambasted, I roasted them. A special order a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I love it. All the lies. I love it when their pinkies up and they're going, oh, Michael Shower, who's supposed to be a fiscal conservative, is now calling for larger government spend. Oh, I can't believe it. And he just- right, right. Yeah. How, how dare me want to spend money on the people? How dare me? <laughs> well, and, and and how look at the thing. Look at this. How closely you called it. You called it back when that when your when your when your full dividend thing passed in the Senate. You were like, look, I'm looking for the highest negotiating position I can start with because, you know, the best we're probably going to get out of this is a 50-50 PFD and maybe the energy relief payment. And that's exactly what we got. We got the 50-50 and half of the energy relief. So you called it right out of the beginning. The most interesting thing about this whole thing is that when it was all said and done, you had the Senate budget, which was, you know, declined by the House. No, we can't vote to concur on that because we're concerned about larger budgets. And then when it's all said and done, what happens? Operating goes up by 1%. Um, capital goes up by half a percent. Uh, the uh, supplemental budget goes up by a tenth of a percent. So all those budgets increase. The only cut was to the PFD. Ah, oh. The PFD. There you go. The people. Oh, you poor, poor peasants. We couldn't possibly give you. No, no, we'll increase over here, but now we can vote for it because we didn't give the peasants any money. That's the point, isn't it, Mike? So instead, and this is one of the more frustrating things out of many frustrating things. Another poison pill, always got to be a poison pill, right? Whether you put all the budgets together instead of leaving them separate so you can have good separate fights on each one and have up or down votes and you don't Shanghai legislators into having to vote for the whole thing when they would have probably preferred to not vote for something, right, and and fight that out separately. And it might have been a very different vote had that been the case, but they know that. They put pressure on just like waiting till the last day, right? Always got to have tons of pressure. Uh, makes it so hard to do this. Imagine if there was no pressure because we finished a month ago on the budget. 
We'd have days to go back and forth with this, right? But no, no, we don't do Don't that. worry. Don't worry, Mike. They had a woman in charge. They got two weeks' worth of work done in three days because they had That's a right. woman in charge. That's her words, not mine. Her words. I mean, you know. So you got to have that poison pill of that. Now you got the other poison pill. And I predicted this, and I talked to the Senate president, and we asked not to have the same people put on the uh, conference committee, like we're going to go and, and have this. And, and I talked about that. I said you're going to have the same people on it. Same problems, predicted it, asked them not to do it, happened anyways. Don't worry, we're going to get a full PFD. Um, you're going to hold the line, right? And then, of course, <laughs> he can't have the full PFD as the starting point, right? Even when the Senate comes out of the conference committee, it's got to be 3850 right? It's like, oh, we, we can't do that extra $300 because that's – no, no. What that is, that's a complete and utter poke at the governor. That's a complete and utter poke at – the legislators that have supported the full PFD, a complete and utter poke at, you know, the people themselves. Because we're not going to give you a full PFD, Mike. We're going to give you a $3,900 PFD. $300 short. Really? <laughs> that Don't tell me that matters. That's the whole thing was just we're going to poke, poke, poke. Can't give Governor win, right? Can't give, no, no, we're not going to do that. And then I looked at it, and this is the kicker. When that happened, then, okay, well, 3900 I go, you know, I don't like it. It's, we should be doing statutory. That's, it's, it's making a point. And we certainly have money for an extra couple hundred million at best, or $150 million or whatever, an extra 300 bucks would have been peanuts in the course of this, right? No. Not only does it have to be like 3900 instead of 4200 to make it statutory and be able to say we finally did it for once, but it has to have the poison pill that, it is not coming out of the ERA, right? It's not all funded the way it was. It's got to be a $2,500, 50-50 PFD. So somebody could say, well, we only gave a 50-50 PFD. And we gave a $1,300 energy check. But here's a little kicker for you. We're going to make it so that only half, only half of that $1,300 energy payment comes from, comes from the ERA. The other half's got to come from the CBR. And do you know why? Because that requires a three-quarter vote. Right. And what happened last night that I complained about over the weekend and told the Senate president and anybody that would listen, we're going to get hosed again because that is a poison pill. It was well-known through the press. There were certain people walking the building since the conference committee report came out trying to get people to not give their three-quarter vote. And that because was then at least we can chop the PFD down even farther, right? Down well, to a thirty-two hundred dollar instead of the you know thirty-nine hundred dollars. Yeah. That's exactly what happened last night, right? Again, right. I mean, and who's walking around the building? I know Natasha von Imhoff was walking around. I know that Louise Stutz was walking around. Bryce Edgman. Who else was pushing it? I'm sure there was probably freaking ten people. Mike, I don't know everybody. I mean, I read the press stories too about. Her and, and them, some of the others, whatever. But it was—it's well known. I mean, because I don't—I can't track everybody, right? But there were people, all—I mean, just like myself. I mean, I was walking the building, talking to the to different members, mostly the House Minority Republicans. Going, please, please, give your vote this time. Don't vote no, like you did on some some did on Saturday. And say we gave you the whole package on Saturday, the whole thing. And the governor, and they probably would have chopped the energy payment, but we would have been stuck. We would have had a forty-two hundred dollar PFD. It'd been done. Right. If they voted yes on Saturday, it would have been done, Mike. We probably would have signed died and just left. Right. And it'd been over. The governor could have finished up whatever, and it was done. And of course, the house killed that on Saturday. Right. And then we handed them another gift: thirty-nine hundred dollar PFD, boys. Even the Senate 
handed it to him yesterday, Mike. 15 to 5. We needed 15 people. We got 15 people to vote for it. I was shocked again that time. I figured we were going to be 14 to 16, right? There's always one person who's got to swing that vote. My God, we didn't. We ended up with a 15 to 5 like we actually did it. I can't believe we held on to the $3,900 PFD. And then it's like, okay, is the House going to do it? And nope, can't do that, Mike. Got to make, oh, yeah, we're going to pass that budget. Oh, yeah, that budget. We're pat, but we can't give you the three quarter vote. Right. We're going to be one person shy. 29 to 11, one person just can't help but make sure that government is fully funded and fed, but screw the people. Go look at the board on that vote from last night and look at the red names. 11 people decided, nah, screw you, Alaska. I'm going to take another $600 out of your pocket. Yeah, no, I mean and, it's just like, and, it's well, just, and I and I love the and I love the argument that that came out, the interesting comment because really it's it's the whole point here. Although uh, uh, Lyman Hoffman said he wanted smaller uh, smaller energy relief checks to ensure the dividend amount next year would not drop significantly, but what that really means, what's that's what that's code for? He said, "I wanted to save that money for next year so we could start to level." What they really wanted to do was save the money so they could spend it next year on something else. Well, look at the Ford funding, right? One of the big, you know, fallacies of this entire Ford funding. We don't forward funds, Mike. Oh, you know, Zach Fields flat out lied on the floor watching him. This budget is going to kill education. It's taking away the funding. Could you lie any harder, Zach? Right. You know, just, just a little harder for me, would you? Because you're not taking away funding at all. The only way we fund, Mike, is one year at a time. That is our mechanism. Right. We don't fund a two-year budget on anything. The forward funding, so-called, which is misnamed, is taking extra money for the next fiscal year and putting it into another account and saving it. It's not budgeted. It's just sitting there. In fact, we're probably violating right. the Constitution once again <laughs> well, because... We can't have a dedicated fund. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. I'm late. I'm late. We gotta go. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. See, you got me all Twitter pated about that. All right, uh, Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, we're in the break right now, uh, getting ready to uh, go. Uh, you're a little more sanguine than I expected you to be today. I thought you'd be out there pulling hair, ripping, and 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 you know, I love it. I mean, I you know, but I want to I want to hear more. Yeah, some of the arguments on the floor, and of course, this is the same argument we saw the whole time, right? Before the concurrence vote was, oh, you're you're gutting education, you're taking money from all these other things, you're doing all this and doing all that, and of course, that was a lie. All of those things were fully funded, plus the dividend. That's right. And I'm a bit sanguine, but, you know, Mike, like I said, I'm just tired. I'm just, I mean, I've been, I'm you know, up for late yesterday. I was probably up for 20 hours working on this, running back and forth, trying to do this. I mean, since last weekend. So it's been over, you know, a week and a half of very long days and nonstop. So it's not, I mean, I, literally at this point, I'm kind of like, in one sense, I'm like, thank God it's over. <laughs> I can breathe and sleep and recover for a little bit. So it's not that, uh, it's not that I'm not fired up or, frustrated or upset it's just that at this point you're kind of like you know this was like after the big game you know win or lose whatever you're like oh i gotta go get a drink and and you know lay down and 
get some rest. That's all it is at this point. This is just kind of fatigue setting in at this point, and I've got to recover for a little bit. I'm just tired, man. I'm tired. I'm tired of the battle. and tired of watching the people lose, and at some point you just go, you got to breathe and walk away and recover for a bit. And that's where yeah. I'm at right now. I said I didn't get back to my apartment till like one o'clock, twelve thirty last night. I don't know what it was. It was late. <laughs> well, we so pre- didn't leave the building. Yeah, I did, yeah. I don't even think we. I mean, we didn't sign any die until after midnight. And I don't even think I left the building until almost one. By the time I cleaned stuff up and whatever, so it's just you know whatever. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you coming on this morning. I know it was hard. Um, I actually woke up. I forgot that I forgot to send you a text, and I had gone to bed early last night, and I woke up at ten thirty or whatever it was, and sent you yeah, that text. Yeah, all that. While I was sitting on the floor. I saw it. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I want to – well, there's so many things that I want to talk about here, but I want to uh, – uh, let me just give you the floor for a couple minutes here. Uh, what else would you like to talk about? Because here's what I'm going to bring up here. I want to talk about the Constitutional Convention. I'm going to talk about what does the organization look like come in this coming year. I mean, your bills didn't go any – I mean, the, the caucus of equals apparently did not work out quite like you intended uh, or like anybody intended. Uh, so I want to talk about those things, but what do you want to what What do you want to bring up here in the next two minutes as we get ready to, uh, as we talk to the the Facebook crowd here? Well, I think that's you just named some pretty important ones, Mike. Like I said over the last couple of days, once I realized the fix was in, and when I saw them put the poison pill in of that three quarter vote required for half of the, you know, the the last thirteen hundred dollars of you know the you know PFD payments, whatever you want to call it, because I can't even use the words PFD anymore. They got it so twisted. I'm like, yeah, you know, I predicted. I've been telling everybody, I said it's going to go away. I told the Senate president, I said, don't appoint him. He'd already did. And I said, it's going to, we're going to lose. No, 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 we're going to have 4,300. I'm not blaming him directly per se, in the <clears> sense <throat> of, you know, it's just like, why are we, because they always do that, right? It's always the conference committee, you know, appointees are the finance co chairs, right? And actually, what was ironic is the, the House Speaker didn't do that. The House Speaker let one of them not be on that. Right. Um, and <clears throat> right. And put, three anti-PFD people on the conference committee. So with the president appointed it on the Senate side, there's five people. Five of them are anti-PFD. We knew something was going to happen, Mike. Yeah. If you think there was no backroom negotiations, it'd be a fool. They, they were. You could see smiles on people's faces when it came across last night that they voted that down. I literally watched certain people in the room, and when the word came out, they had big smiles on their faces like, yep, we got them. I'm like, uh huh. All right, yeah. Fix is in the whole time. Whatever. <laughs> so, I could. I did. Mike, I sat back and watched when it well, came out, and people because we kind of stopped on the floor as the vote came up, and everybody yeah. talking about it. I literally watched about three different people's faces with that little grin, that Cheshire cat grin, going, uh huh, gotcha. Like, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you, you matter, say you don't want to blame the Senate president, but look, we've. I mean, burn me once, you know, shame on me. Burn me twice, you know, blah blah blah. But I mean, this is like burn me the fifty third time. When he said, oh, yeah, we're going to vote for the will of the, the – how has that been working out? The Finance Committee is not exercising the will of the majority. I mean, that's well, insane. I mean, I, okay, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I didn't mean to engage you right before we return. Hold the line. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Okay, we're back. Uh, continuing now, State Senator Mike Schauer, our guest. 
Uh, we were just talking during the break about the formation of the conference committee and uh, that uh, Senator Schauer had asked Senator Machicki, the president, not to appoint the business-as-usual crowd, not to appoint the two co-chairs uh, because he that is tradition, but he had the opportunity not to do it. And, in fact, uh, Mike points out that the uh, that Stutes on the House side didn't appoint the traditional. She appointed uh, three anti-PFD people and uh, left Neil Foster out of the mix on that one. Um, but you were assured by the Senate president, oh, they're going to exercise the will of the – I mean, they're going to vote. And, of course, it didn't – I mean, how many times do you have to get stung before you're like, maybe we shouldn't do that uh, at all? What do you what do you say, Mike? So that's where I told you, Mike. Said I, my mind when that happened, when the conference committee was appointed and those people were on it, <clears throat> and then no surprise, wink, wink. You know that the the poison pill of the three quarter vote required for the half of the thirteen hundred dollars came up. I'm like, yeah, fix it. Then we're done. I, I predicted. I, I matter of fact, I told Michelle right away. I said, there you go. I said, that's it. Maximum PFT thirty thirty two hundred maximum. And if the House gets pissy and screws that up, it's going to be less because then they're going to start over and hand the whole budget back at zero to the same conference committee, the same finance people to screw it up, right? Look at the votes for that, that portion of it, right, Mike? And you know the fix for them. Look at the votes. We voted for the budget all but one. And I even said myself, I said two of the three things I'm voting for in this budget. One of them, the people prioritized by a statutory PFD or close to it, right? I mean, like, what am I going to say, right? 3900 bucks. I mean, come on, guys. I do my best, but you're not going to win with this crowd. They're never going to give you a full win. they got to chop it by a couple hundred bucks. But I said, I'm not going to not vote for something that's almost $4,000 in every Alaskan's pocket when families desperate need it. I'm just going to have to suck it up and say yes. Don't like it, but it's the best we're going to do. It only gets worse, right? So fine. And the second thing, the two of the three, was that the capital budget was big and we need it. That's two out of three, Mike. In this place, I'll take it because that's a win when you look at how we have been getting hammered on this. So whatever. Um, you know, and that's that's the thing. But then, like I said, I looked at it and go, well, it's only going to get worse. But it is, it did. As I said, it's not going to make it. They're going to do it. So since then... And when that came in, and then I saw that poison, but I said, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Predicted it right away. Told everybody, staff, all of them. I said, that's what's going to happen. All the other senators talking to House members. I said, my mind's already left the building. I said, at that point, I wasn't even that fired up. You might notice yesterday, if you watched me from last week to yesterday on the floor, I was fairly subdued. Not not like defeated subdued. You know, we, we actually got a bigger PFD than I ever thought we would. Um, total payment, right? Because had we not had the big stuff in there, we would have been negotiating starting from like a 3,000, you know, basically what we would have started from, like, really? Had, the, had that amendment not passed, had Von Imhoff right, been there, right. she, would have, she would have voted against it. We would have started our negotiation from a $2,500 PFD to the House's position of a $1,200 PFD. The energy payment may have stayed, and we've been, we would have been talking about a smaller PFD. So that's why I said you probably would end up like $2,000. And they said, that's a great PFD, you know, with that energy payment. Sure, it helps. So. That's the reality of it. So it's bigger than I know many of them wanted. They're still mad about that. $3,200 still pisses a lot of them off, but whatever. Um, so when that happened, Mike, you noticed yesterday I started talking like, well, you know, I could get all fired up and jump up and down, but it's not going to change anything. So my brain in the last 48 hours has already transitioned out of this session because the fixes were all in and I'm already moving on to, like you said, I'm moving on to the election cycle. I'm moving on to the constitutional convention. I'm moving on to organization next year, what it needs to look like uh, set up in the States for all of it. Because I got, you know, election integrity killed in the Senate, right? right. Senate right. finance, never heard it. Right. Judicial reform killed in Senate finance, never, never even heard it. 
least I got the election integrity heard twice, right, but never moved. Um, so lots of things to do. We had a Hail Mary last night with a couple of Democrats because they really wanted campaign finance reform, right? right? There was right. one bill that was the old turducken stuffed all together, right? Um, and that bill um, was uh, House Bill 157 from Sarah Rasmussen, which actually went through my committee. I liked it because it was more stringent reporting requirements. And we passed that pretty quick, made the finance. And then I got rolled, just like rolling the chair is no big deal. They actually, without talking to me, without asking, they took House Bill 234 out of my committee, which was Representative Democrat. Well, he's not, well, yeah, he's a Democrat. He's, he's right. Say he's Democrat. Shroggy, right. right. And his, his campaign finance bill. And we had the debate on the, you know, in committee, out in the open, on the record, you know, it's not a level playing field. I'm like, Calvin, you gave me a bill that's not a level playing field. This slaps limits on, which I do think we need them, but there's no limits on unions. Democrats, all Democrats desperately wanted this fight because they know that it hurts Republicans because Republicans don't get the benefit of the union armies that go out with paid leave and give their people stuff and have them canvas neighborhoods and hold street signs. I know because I've been standing beside them talking to him on streetcars, like, oh, yeah, you know, the union bust us up here for the day on paid leave so we could campaign for people. I'm like, wow, that's, that must be nice to have for the Democrats, right, on the side. Right, right. Um, Republicans don't get that. Um, they, get, they bring all the union members in and show them, wink, wink, how to fill out ballots. It's not a fair advantage, Mike. It is what it is, but it's not fair. And so I said, you know, if we can find a way to slap limits on that are reasonable but also, you know, level the playing field somewhat, I said, I'm game. I want to do that. That was the goal. They gave it to me in the end game, and then, you know, people trying to blame me, like Kathy Diesel's nose, they're oh, terrible, I won't move that bill. No, that's not what I said, Kathy. Quit lying. I said I want to make it a level playing field. I want to take away the advantage that one group gets from, from like, big unions and other groups that typically only help one party. That's not a level playing field. That's not fair. Why do you think the Democrats want it so bad, and there aren't any Republicans pushing it? Because everybody knows what it does, Mike. It was right. literally all, I mean, Democrats filed, like, six bills within days of that court case coming out. And you're going to sit here and tell me, oh, this was a really important... No, it's not. It's important to one party, guys. We're not stupid, right? So, But you get the press is able to come out and say stuff, and you know, because they've got that in their pocket, so right. you know, whatever. So there was a Hail Mary last night uh, in the last 48 hours where I was actually working with a couple of Democrats. After I got undercut, and they basically pulled the bill out of my committee, Sarah Rasmussen was angry because they stuffed to the... 234, without talking to her, not even giving her the courtesy of telling her, they shoved all of those things from House Bill 234 from Shroggy's bill into Rasmussen's 157 and Senate Finance. Now, normally, if you're really being good about it, you tell the sponsor, hey, we're going to do this. She had no idea. Boy, she was angry. It was, it was fascinating to watch. So they shoved everything in her bill. They took it out of my committee without talking to me. Standard stuff in the end game, right? Because remember that caucus of equals. Right. And I'm sitting there. I was livid. <laughs> livid with that whole process, right? Because they took it away, and I had it on the schedule, waiting to find out, you know, what was going to happen, so we could have that last hearing. I had five amendments, tried to make it, you know, ready to go, waiting on my committee, and then about four or five o'clock, I found out they did that. I'm like, the hell with it, and never even had a chance to finish on the committee. And then they're all, you know, he wouldn't hear the bill. Lies again, Mike. Lies run through this place like water. I mean, just right. flows so smoothly off the tongues of some people. And uh, so, and I actually got comments from a Democrat and a reporter when I did my, when I kind of roasted the ADN editorial board about their lies, you know, saying how, you know, drunken sailors, right? you know, even drunken sailors know better. So, well, first of all, you can't get the title right. It's a drunken fighter pilot, not a sailor. Don't insult sailors, but whatever. 
Um, and so that bill had all that garbage. I mean, it was the APOC stuff. It had the campaign finance stuff. And then we're like, well, there's no way. I'm talking to the governor. He's going to veto that because there wasn't a chance to vet it. It was, it was, it's a one-sided thing. And the, well, we'll help you get some of your election integrity. So about 11 o'clock last night, Chris Tuck and I, not last night, the night before, Chris Tuck and I sit in my office and have our conference committee. <laughs> For lack of a better term, trying to go, what can we do? We got, we got minutes. I was given 30 minutes, Mike, basically, to try to get something turned in to go, just pick some stuff out of your election bill, a 30-page bill, 64 sections, with my staff on the line. One of them is back home, um, you know, because you don't usually keep all your staff to the all four months. It's usually at 90. You kind of start, start pushing some away. Him, him, some of his staff, another Democrat staff, and we're trying, I'm trying to pick out, well, well, this section. Well, that one, we'll take that one. And what this one, and I think we pulled out about 10 sections. And just, fine, fire it off, because we're not going to get the whole thing. And to make it an amendment, also into House Bill 157. Because without something else, we're not going to get in the I'm right, not going to ask right, the right. for this. We're going to kill that thing, too, right? <laughs> and, oh, no, we'll help you get that. And it was a Hail Mary, and it was a, it was a legitimate, I appreciate it, I truly do, effort to try to do something. But then as the day wore on, the amendment didn't come back. The amendment didn't come back. It's going to be a big, thick amendment. I, I need to see the amendment because I what I got to analyze what actually came out because I don't always, you know, let's legal, you don't always get back what you send over, right? And it may have unintended consequences. And then over the four debates last night through hours, they added in something from another bill. Something was added in from another bill. There was more. I mean, it was like five different bills in that last little bit they're being shoved in. There's longtime staffers through that building, which I got to say, by the way, I do appreciate the work they do. I don't want to forget that. Those people get forgotten about all the time. They put up with all this crap. I mean, all the staff, the, the recorders and the, the pages. I mean, they you know they sit there and put up with this garbage. And I'm I'm thankful that they're there because that place would cease to function without the you know without them being there. But they were making comments to us and to my staff. They have never seen it like this, Mike. They were rolling committee chairs, pulling bills out left and right, stuffing them into other bills last minute, whole bills right being stuffed into <clears throat> other bills as an amendment on the floor on the fly. Um, you know, it was just, it was insanity. And they're like, we've never seen this before. It was like this free for all. And there was like five bills that were getting shoved into that Sarah's little 157, that original, very clean bill. And by the end of the night, I think at about 1130 last night, cause we got to finish at midnight. Right. The, the amendment came out and I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I've had it. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. This bill is getting large. It's got all kinds of impacts that we haven't had a chance to study. I don't. I even even looked at the amendment when we had like 20 minutes left or whatever it was to sign. He died. My staff hasn't even seen the amendment to analyze it. Did we get what we needed? What are the impacts? I mean, normally you'd look at this for a while, right? No time. I'm just supposed to vote on it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I just kill it. Kill the whole freaking thing. And oh, by the way, also waiting to see what the House did because some of those Democrats really, really, really wanted that stuff, right? Right, right. So you're sitting there going, so you want me to give you something else, <laughs> Calvin Schrage and the rest of you, your little campaign finance reform and all that, while you just screwed the people again with your vote, and you think I'm going to give you this too? And, and quite frankly, at the end of the night, Mike, I was so pissed off. I'm like, I'm done. I've been rolled multiple times. Bill's pulled out of my committee without talking to me. You know, my people are getting screwed again because of the dividend, all this stuff. I'm like, the hell with it. I would have loved to have had a few of those election things through there, Mike, with all the work that was done. Um, but at the end of the night, when it all kind of came together, I didn't have the time to even analyze what we were able to pick. And did they work? And were there unintended consequences? The vote by the House Democrats, you know, to do this at the last minute and kind of basically stab you in the back. 
with that. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Nope. And, uh, and it was too much, <clears throat> too, too fast at the very end of it. You make bad decisions, unintended consequences. And that's their fault, Mike. Yeah, no, that, that's their fault. well, it's their strategy. It's not their fault. It's their strategy. That's what they want to do. They wanted to get all this in there and then go and just hog wild crazy with things that people have never seen before. Tactics and tricks that they're using right now. It is absolutely insane. All right, hold the line. Mike Showers, our guest. We got one final segment. When we come back, we're going to talk to him about what comes next session, the organization. Of course, we got an election and everything, but what does it look like? We're going to uh, see what happens here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. So, Mike, um, I mean, who, you know, with these staffers coming to you and going, my God, we've never seen it like this. I mean, who's who's pulling these strings? I mean, is it Edgman? Is it Stutes? Is it Machicki? Is it uh, is it uh, Stedman? Some some or all the above, Mike. I don't know. I mean, I honestly there's no way to know. There was too much happening in the last 48 hours there to even keep track of it. And I don't even think. Anybody that was pulling strings knew everything that was going on. I think they're pulling strings on their particular thing or things that they wanted, and there's about a dozen other things happening at the same time. And it was like that. I mean, literally, you could tell it was the, the last day was just utter chaos. Nobody knew mistakes were being made. You know, our rules chair sent over a whole bunch of bills to the House, and in my opinion, should have held them until we saw the House starting to pass some of our stuff. And then they, we sent like a dozen bills, and, the, and we're like, and they only they like voted down five. Like, you don't do that to the other body when you're sending that. You know, we passed almost all of theirs. I mean, I think we think we may have passed them all. It was ridiculous. Right. Like, that's not the way it works. So, you know, it's just like the whole thing was just a sh- just a freaking... Poop parade. Yes. A poop parade. Think of a way to say it without cussing on the radio. It but was... it was just a total, total mess and chaos. And so I don't think anybody was... Tr- I mean, honestly, they might have been in control of their slice of the whatever. But there was nobody in control of it yesterday. Well, I mean, it was it was freaking chaos and ridiculous <sighs> chaos. Might, last might I go back many, many years in the past in the Wayback Machine and rewind about 18 or 20 months when uh, when they were shocked, shocked, I tell you, that somebody <laughs> dared to use Rule 48 to pull SB 91 out of committee? How this rule, this rule is never, it's hard. I mean, this is a, oh, it's a momentous occasion. And then you come back to this year and, my God, what is it? Just five, six, seven times it was used this year to pull things out of committee. Oh, just rolled chairs left and right, Mike. Rolled them left and right, and some of them officially, right? I mean, you know, I mean, you could start with saying roll the chair by Laura Reinbold getting kicked out of her, you know, chairmanship. You could start with what happened weeks ago when Mia Costello got rolled, and one of the people that signed the letter to roll her was the rules chair, who you know was adamant we don't do that and hates that, but did it right. And then, you know, we, in the same week, we rolled Roger Holland because he didn't want to hear the one or he wanted to waive 140, the, the, the level playing field act so that biological males can't, you know, play in women's sports and dominate them. And, and they rolled him, right, because they wanted to keep. And I know exactly what that was about. That was about keeping the Democrats uh, the happy, Democrats in the happy house. Yeah. right, because they, they knew they would need their votes later for the budget. And then, you know, and then we rolled about freaking a thousand chairs about a hundred times <laughs> yesterday in the last 48 hours and pulling bills left and right, not even talking to the chairs and doing it. 
It was freaking ridiculous, Mike. I mean, it was, and that was not those of us that were the conservatives causing the problems. We weren't the one doing it. It was all the ones that said we shouldn't do it. It was all the old guard. It was all the Democrats. It was, it was right. anybody but the crazy Valley legislators, anybody but the conservatives. We weren't the ones doing it. It hey, was because they were trying to get what they wanted. It was nutty. Hey, I didn't get a chance to talk to, because uh, I asked Rob Myers this yesterday. He said he was going to look into it, and I don't know if he did, uh, and I didn't talk to him about it this morning. But uh, one of the things, one of the rumors I heard was that even though the budget went up in conference, I mean, you know, 1.1%, half a percent, one-tenth of a percent, and then the dividend got cut, I also heard that one of the punitive measures that was done was that they cut the funding for troopers in the Valley. I heard they cut like six or, se- six or seven trooper positions. Was that true? They did, yeah. They can't help themselves, Mike. They got to hit back. All I can tell you, and we'll talk about it on the open radio too, is you know I've got a memory, and next year things will change, and the organization is going to look different, and some of those Democrats and other people that screwed us over might find themselves in a different place the next two years. Be careful what you do. So they, so they, they, they penalize the valley for not towing their line. That's um, <clears throat> that's it. We're not towing the line for too big of a dividend that pissed them off. You know, whatever it is, Mike. And it wasn't just the valley, right? I mean, you have Kenai legislators, you have Fairbanks legislators, you got Anchorage legislators. I don't know why they pick on the valley just because we're overly conservative, but they're picking on us. And why? Why? Why us? I mean, why we don't have the Anchorage Police Department? You know. So they, they have that in Anchorage. It comes out of their taxes, but that's you know that's what happens when you're home rule city. You also get a Marxist assembly <laughs> to deal with, you know, and that can shut down your businesses and stuff. Thank God we live in the Matsu where they, they couldn't do that to us. Right. Right? So pros and cons to everything. So it was, yeah, they did. They took away troopers. And, they, and remember, Mike, we balanced this budget. We balanced this budget not on the backs of government. We balanced this budget on the backs of Alaskans. Period. That's how we did it. Right. I, not me. They did, because I sure as hell didn't do that. And you can tell that from my votes and the pitch and the whole thing. I mean, just fighting with every. I mean, Mike, I, I unloaded the jet. There's nothing left. I'm down to the last bullet. It's gone. I fired everything I had and tried. Everything. You are now Winchester RTB. I am Winchester. That's a, that's I'm right. out of ordinance. I am Winchester <laughs> RTB. That's what it is. Out of fuel, out of ordinance. I got nothing left. I'm returning to base. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike Shower, our guest. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. All right. We're, we're down to the last segment here, and uh, we're, we're, about to get, we're about to get wound up. Let's get it done. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share this video. Do it now. Okay, uh, we're back. Mike Shower is our guest. One final segment. This is going to go fast. i got a lot to talk about, but before we get into the things that I wanted to talk about, I just asked Mike because I'd heard the rumor that even though the conference committee increased the budget, the, the capital, the operating, and the supplemental budget, and then slashed the dividend, they did take the time out to penalize those people that didn't toe the line for them, and that included the people in the Valley that in this whole process, they cut seven trooper positions, state trooper positions, from the Valley, the fastest-growing region in the state, 
and they tr- and they cut out seven trooper positions in that. And you say absolutely true. Yeah, they cut trooper positions. I have to look at the exact number. I don't remember precisely, but you know, in the scheme of the whole battle, Mike, it just gets lost. So, what? How are you going to fight that one thing, right? With everything taking place. But yeah, that came out. I didn't even have time to look at all, Mike. I had a two-inch thick. You know, freaking sheep of paper slapped on my desk that I'm supposed to look at while everything else was going on. Um, and there were staff and others looking and something about the troopers. Like, yeah, it's validated. I don't remember them. It could be seven. There was some number, but they absolutely slapped troopers. You go, really? Really? DPS, you forward fund education. You know, put money aside because, like we said, that's a misnumber. We don't forward fund. Right, right. Um, because we can't. It's, that would be another dedicated fund, not constitutional. But hey, wink, wink, we're going to do that anyways and put its own fund aside, like we just put aside for another education fund in the Marine Highway System, wink, wink, but it's not a dedicated fund, but hey, you know, whatever. Why follow the rules, right? Because, you know, that's what's good for you, not thee, or whatever that saying is. Right. And, you know, just another thing, oh, but, you know, forward fund education, but those troopers, you know, uh, that's uh, public safety, that's not very important, and we're going to cut that down. I mean, Mike, the whole thing's just such... Garbage. So, all right. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm moving on. Like I said, that's why everybody's. Well, well you were kind of subdued yesterday. I'm like, yeah. well, no, not not because of any of that. It's because my brain was literally half of my brain. The battle was over yesterday. There was little to be done other than that hail mary on maybe you know some campaign finance, maybe some APOC you know cleanup, maybe some election stuff, and then it just got convoluted. Didn't get that massive amendment until like in the last 20 or 30 minutes, didn't right. have a chance to analyze it. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Just right. hell with the whole thing. Plus well, the vote. Yeah. And the house. And that so, was, that was my, that was my, my, my say, that's what I said yesterday. I said, look, nobody's going to be happy with this when it's all said and done. Let's just pass it. Move on. Let's just pass it. And now we can focus on two things. First and yeah. foremost, continuing to change the players out and making sure we focus on reorganization. We, you and I have yeah. talked about what an absolute poo parade the organizational process was on both the House and the Senate side. How your caucus of equals was not. Some animals are definitely more equal than others in your oh, caucus. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to know, Mike Shower, are you jumping back into bed with this thing uh, come this next go-around, or what's going to well, change t- in your I'll mind? I'll tell you, Mike, when we go into or- there's three things for me. One of them is obviously, the, the two, two of them really are for the next six months or so, and that's going to be, um, pushing the Constitutional Convention because if the people can't look at what just happened to realize the only way you're ever going to get anything good is if you take the power into your hands. Watch the last week and a half and tell me why you wouldn't want a Constitutional Convention. I'm sorry, everybody. Go, oh, I got concerns. Like, yeah, I do too. I got concerns about the way it's going right now with the current system, and you think it's going to get better. Look what just happened, folks. We handed to the House a full statutory dividend, a great capital budget we needed, yeah, the office budget was bad, but, you know, our wonderful, you know, finance co-chairs, once again, had to put it all together to force one vote. But look at what just happened, folks. You're not going to win with this crowd. Look what happened last week when I talked about special interest. Mike, we gave a statutory PFD. They were so angry. Business leaders, big union bosses, municipal leagues, chambers of commerce, the press, they flooded this place last week with lobbyists to kill your dividend. Because they hate it so much because they want that money to stay in the government coffers and to go into their hands. Yep. Not you. Yep. You wonder why a union boss, why would you turn down a big dividend? You're getting a big budget with capital. All that's going to go to your people with the jobs and those programs and and projects anyways. But you're going to take $4,200 out of every one of your union members and their families' hands? How are union members not up in arms in the last week? Look at where the power is and what happened last week. That was the raw exercise of power, Mike, 
through money and influence with lobbyists from all those big special interest groups that control this government and tell me I'm wrong. I've been screaming about it for years. You watched it last week. Tell me why now, those of you that don't want a constitutional convention, why would you say no now? Look what happened. Right. It's on for the whole world to see. The only way we're going to have a shot at it with the dangers involved, which I've clearly acknowledged, are you get the right people, we do this right, we get good delegates and we make a difference, and we put the we lock away the PFD and the Constitution so they can't mess with it. So get that spending cap done so we can't overspend it. I mean, that's how it's going to happen, Mike. This body's not going to do it. We failed miserably on every front. As I predicted, we probably would. Some of us tried, but you can't overcome the momentum of this. And if we do get there, finally, with some miracle Hail Mary like I threw last week on the floor, wow, a, a, a full PFD passed. <laughs> wow, look at that. We get slaughtered by special interests that flood the place and flip votes. Seven Republicans last week, Mike. Seven. Now, a couple of those that already sold their soul, like Stutes and, and Merrick, to the Democrats, right, for power. But seven, dip, seven Republicans voted no on the full PFD last right. week. Right. Well, you for heard, different reasons, right. whatever, not going to get into it. <laughs> but not only did all the Democrats do it, seven freaking Republicans did. And you think you're going to win or get your government back without a constitutional convention? Come on, folks. That's one. Number two is what you said. You know, we got to focus on the players and the election cycle and getting good people back and hopefully change some more and see what happens, whether we have the Constitutional Commission or not, right? And then number three, but you got to get through those other two first, is what's the organization going to look like? And I will tell you this, the same kind of power players, Mike, next, next year, I'd rather be back in a minority, a strong minority, than be back with those same people and get rolled again. I'm not doing the Charlie Brown football thing anymore. If the same people come in and demand that they're going to have all these leadership positions and promise me this time, then I'm just going to say, screw it, I'm calling your bluff, and I'll go into minority. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I'm not. Well, and I wonder how many of your fellow conservatives in the in the majority caucus feel that way because that's all. what I'm seeing. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that nobody trusts the words of these people anymore because they say one thing and then nothing else happens. screwed every time, Mike. We've yep. been screwed every single time. I'm yeah. not doing it again. I'm not. Yeah, and hopefully we'll play out enough, or we'll we'll you know change enough players. We'll have options. We don't have to do that. And remember, memories memories can be long. The Democrats were shoving this, that, and that. I'm talking about the House ones now, right? Because the, the right. Democrats and the Senator they still hold a lot of power with their the time they've been there stuff, but they're in the minority. But you know, some of those Democrats that were just you know crowing about all their stuff and this, that, and the other. I'm like, you ain't gonna crow so loud next year when you're in the basement in a little you know tiny room. You know, as a uh, just a member of a committee, be careful how you treat people and what you do, because right. it may not work out so well for you the next two years. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, so election integrity—they killed it. It died in Senate finance. It died in House finance. And I, I feel bad for Chris Tuck too, because him and I had a reasonable product, and it's something that would have made a difference. And it's all dead. And that's part of that caucus equals, and people not wanting it. So you know what? We're going to come back. Maybe it'll be a Republican-controlled one. Those that shot down that kind of stuff, they may not like the, the result. What if it's a, a much stronger package? Oh, well, you know, you didn't take the opportunity. Now I'm looking at it going, they're mad about what happened with the dividend. It's still too big of a dividend for people. I'm like, well, you know what, folks? I got no sympathy for you. Because I was part of a plan that was going to lock this away in the Constitution. It was only going to be a 50-50, but it was going to be locked away in the Constitution. But you couldn't take it. Right. You know what was fascinating last week? We were getting a lot of interest all of a sudden in the fiscal plan. 
Yeah, yeah. Because all- they thought the PFD was going to be real big. Like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're really looking at that plan. Now, Mike, maybe if you should have taken that offer when you had it. Too late. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I got Wait, it. no way. You can't stop it now. We're uh, just getting going. I know. You fi- I finally got you wound up. Uh, but we are 90 <laughs> seconds out. Your final thoughts to the people now that the session is over and the cleanup has begun. What's your final exhortation to the listeners? Well, I'm sorry we failed, folks. We did our best. You gave it the I, I thought we had it this time. I really did. So I wish I could have, you know, along with some others, gotten that PFD to help you out. I am sorry. I apologize. I don't know how to – I just – I don't know what to say. But now now you're on to the next phase. It's move on. Um, that battle's over. So let's move forward full throttle. It's Constitutional Convention. It's get the right people elected. Get involved. Do all the stuff we talked about with that. Donate. Walk. Help good people. Get new candidates, if nothing, new people and uh, focus on it. That's it. That's what you well, got for the next six months. It's all about election now. Yeah, well, you called out, I mean, again, seven Republicans. Maybe we should be rethinking that when we come to the ballot box on those things, plus everybody else who's involved. I don't know if we're going to change Sitka and Kodiak, but it, all we can do is keep po- po- pointing it out, pointing out what's going on. Mike Shower, yeah. we're out of time. Thank you for coming on, my friends. We appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show. Hold the line, Mike. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Be kind to one another, love one another, live well. Tuckerman Babcock says it best. Without Mike Shower, we never would have gotten $3,260. And that's, yeah, you know, Mike, I know you feel like you failed, but you failed upwards if, if you failed at all. Because like you said, if we had not gotten that full PFD amount into the through the Senate bill, we would have been negotiating from $2,500 down to $1,200. We would have gotten a lot less. And so I don't think you failed. I mean, you did everything, and you, like you said, you were Winchester. I mean, at that point, you, you had nothing else to throw at it. You did everything you can. Now we need to look at your cohorts on in both chambers who didn't back you up, who failed to back you up, and now will try and throw slings and arrows at you for not being conservative enough or not doing this or not doing that. You did everything you could short of falling directly on your sword. And uh, and I think, uh, you know, you you you. you 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 did what you could do, my friend. And well, uh, Mike, my, my priority was people. I don't care. I heard about principles and other stuff. I said it a dozen times last week. My principle was people first. The dividend is the biggest thing in their hands that helps them. That's what we needed. That was my number one focus. And it's yeah, it's better than it could have been and would have been. But I still wish it was more. And uh, that's the priority for me. And then the infrastructure stuff, right? The capital or the operating budget is going to be what it is. You know, the fights on that are hard. You got to rely on the governor to do some trimming there. And I think you would have. And quite frankly. The last point we didn't mention, but I'm relying on this and, and talking to him myself, and I hope that he does this. He said that um, those people that voted no against the people in the PFD, that that red pen was coming out on the capital budget, the capital projects in their districts. And I hope he follows through on that. I hope because he does, the only thing left yeah. to do. If you're going to balance this budget, and they, made, they were bitching and whining about the cost of this, that's okay. I sent him a slogan. I said he ought to bring out the veto pen and say, I'm going to balance the budget on the backs of the legislators that tried to balance the budget on the backs of Alaskans. That's what I would do. No, I agree. I hope he does. I hope he actually brings out that red pen on the people that screwed over every other Alaskan, right, with that vote on the the PFD amount. And I hope the capital project committers get slashed. I mean, not, not safety ones. There are some important ones, but, you know, the, all the extra stuff that was put in for the, you know, people's little different districts and stuff and whatever, I hope he freaking slashes that. And I'm going to tell him to next time I see him and talk to him. They might bring out that pen, 
and this is how you this is how it works. Say, you know, you screwed us, stabbed us in the back. Well, you know what? You're going to lose all those little projects you wanted. They're gone. Right. That's the last parting shot we've got, and, and the governor has the power to do it, and I hope he does. Yeah, no, I hope he does as well. I mean, we already saw those those kind of actions coming from, uh, you know, the powers that be, the business as usual crowd. They did it to us. And yeah, I mean, they, they could eat it. Troopers, yeah. really? Oh, you're going to take troopers? Yep. Well, I'm going to take that whatever you you know wanted in your district. Yep. I mean, he's got the power to do it, and he should. Hey, that that thirty million dollar roads to uh, Catalin or whatever that goes to nowhere. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's there's lots of things that can be cut from these districts, and every one of them should be cut. Every yeah, those one are the of people them. that said balance the budget. We know we're spending too much. I got a way to get some of that money back. Hey, governor, <laughs> cut those things, take them out. Yep. And then they can come back and say, look, we, we didn't spend as much money. We saved more for state. Those people should be happy, Mike. Right, because that money because will go back to the coffer. Because they spent too much money. Yeah, they it, should be happy. They can spend it next year now on something else. Yeah. That's right. No, we need a governor that it's got that kind of chutzpah. I don't know if it's going to happen well, or not. But we'll watch you to know. see over the next week or two. I mean, if he does that, I'm going to be cheering. I'm going to good on you. Yeah. Use that veto pen. Make it happen. Balance that budget, sucker. Make it work. Good they for were you. complaining about how much we spent. Well, then, doggone it, we can fix some of that. Yeah. No, I, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see all of that stuff. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, all right. And just, just so the crowd heard it and you too, I think over the next week or so, I'm probably going to take a break. So I don't know if I want to talk politics or call in. So you might miss the shower hour power next week. I think I'm going to – I need to, to separate no, from the fight for a little bit and go land and, and rearm and – refuel hey so. if, if i if i could do that i would do the same thing next week i would take the whole week off um but uh unfortunately i can't you can that's uh that's the bottom line hey uh somebody said uh, uh that i mean i i let me just let me just nip in the bud here because somebody brought it up in the chat room earlier when i was talking about the governor announcing his lieutenant gubernatorial uh running mate um it's not you right no 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 okay absolutely not somebody somebody said maybe it's mike shower i'm like uh no, <laughs> no. But I wanted to. I wanted it straight from the horse's mouth to make sure that Mike I, never asked me, and I probably cut that off, you know, some time ago by saying I sure as hell don't want to do that. Um, yep. So I think he knew. Even if he would have asked me, I would have said no. And you know, on Thursday, I finally filed because like people kept reminding. I think I was not intentionally starting that rumor by not actually filing for the Senate seat. I had filed intent, but just kind of never got around to filing it. And I kept getting people saying, "Are you going to do it? Are you going to run for lieutenant governor?" Aren't you? No, I'm not. So Thursday, Michelle and I walked over last week, walked over to the building and filed the paperwork so people could stop the rumors okay. for the Senate seat. And it wasn't on purpose. I just kind of forgot. I filed, you know, APOC like way back in January. And then, oh, okay, it got busy and just forgot about it. And I just, anyways, so All right. there you go. Well, good to know that you are, again, running for re-election. Uh, and yes, Governor Shower does sound much better than uh, Senator Shower, but I don't want Michelle to burn my house down. So I'm sure Michelle will hunt you down. Yeah, so be careful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we'll uh, we'll plan on you not being here next week, uh, but we full we expect a full report and battle plan the following week. Okay, I'll do my best. All right. Well, well, thank you, Governor Shower. I mean, Senator Shower. I will. Oh, uh, you're so screwed. You have no <laughs> we'll idea how much trouble you're in. <laughs> She's in the room. I can feel the daggers from here. All right. Thank you, sir. I will talk to you. I'll talk to you later. All right. You guys take care. We'll Thanks. Uh, all right, folks. Um, <clears throat> maybe if we all sent him an email and addressed him as Governor Shower, that would be a thing down the road. Uh, all right. We're out of time. Uh, we do have to go. Uh, thank you for coming on board. Uh, Michelle is a good shooter. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, we need to do what we need to do. Uh, somebody said, I guess the Chamber of Commerce in Fairbanks is getting some pushback. And uh, so if you're listening in Fairbanks or if you've got businesses down there, hell yes, somebody needs to push back against the Fairbanks Chamber. They should, I mean, uh, quite honestly, if I don't, if I, if you don't see like a 20% reduction in membership over their influence and their, uh, their, uh, uh, you know, messing with the PFD, they're meddling in the PFD issue. If you don't see a 15 or 20% reduction in membership over that, I feel like we failed. That's exactly what it is. All right, folks, um, I got to go. Tomorrow's Firearms Friday. I'm looking forward to that big time, big time. 50% uh, reduction, that would be even better at this point. You got to teach these special interests that they can't muck around like that. They're supposed to be protecting small business. Who are they protecting? They're protecting the large businesses. They're not protecting the mom and pops that make up the majority of their membership. That's, I mean, again, if I owned a business that was a member of a chamber that participated and sent a letter telling them not to vote for the PFD, oh, baby, their heads would be spinning. I'd have ripped my membership so fast out of there, their head would be spinning. Uh, But I don't own a business that's a member of a chamber, so there you go. You guys got to do what you got to do. All right, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will see you tomorrow for, of course, Firearms Friday. We will see you then, folks. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 